The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. Of the Dan Scott Show, presented as you just heard by Grand Slam Ministries. This is our 48th episode in year one of uh, this brand new venture. Hope that you are doing well. Thanksgiving weekend has come and gone, and we are now officially headlong into the Advent season, looking ahead to Christmas. And uh, to that end, we will be telling you about some things we want to do and that we need your help with a little bit later on in the show. But uh, I hope that you've had a great week to this point. Thank all of you for continuing to tune into the program on a weekly basis. And look, just ask that you would share it. Tell somebody about the show. Tell them what station you're listening on or share the podcast archive and help us continue to grow what we are doing here because uh, I'm telling you, this has nothing to do with me, but God continues to drop one amazing guest right after another into our lap. And if you've been paying attention over the last few weeks, we have had some fairly heavy hitters on the national stage. This week, we have a very heavy hitter on the local stage, at least where I live in the upstate of South Carolina. But the story that Mike Crenshaw is involved in has become a national story both for the wrong reasons and for the right reasons. And I'll explain that when we come back after the break. But uh, I just want to encourage you to share this program, share the website, danscottshow.org, and help us continue to get the word out about what we are doing here on the air and through our 501c nonprofit Grand Slam Ministries. Can you do that for me? I know you can. Thank you very much. All right, let's take a break and come back. And I want to get into this week's interview. And then at the end of the program, got some other things to talk about. But uh, Oconee County Sheriff Mike Crenshaw is our guest when we come back after you hear this. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor? an influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of the Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure the Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. 
Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org. And now, back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Episode 48 of the Dan Scott Show. Just getting things cranked up. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for continuing to share. I'll tell you, our interview last week with former big league pitcher Randy Lurch has been one of the most listened to podcast archive episodes that we've had in recent weeks. Uh, His story seems to have resonated with a lot of people. And I tell you that because we've had a lot of great stories that have resonated with folks. And if there's something you haven't heard or you want to hear again, or you think there's an episode that someone you know could benefit from, then by all means, share that podcast. Go to danscottshow.org and navigate to the Affiliates and Archives page. You can find out everywhere the show airs live on Saturdays and Sundays around the country and internationally. And you can also access the podcast archive. Or if you'd just rather go to a podcast site, just search Dan Scott Show wherever you get your podcast. I promise you we are everywhere. You can't get away from us if you're looking for us. So check it out. Share it. Help us get the word out uh, about these interviews that we're doing, the the incredible people that God is bringing to this show and sharing story after story after story of the redemptive grace of Jesus Christ. And, you know, we often talk about the fact that God is still in the miracle business. And while those miracles may not be quite as overt as the ones we read about in the Bible, they still happen. And I remember David Jeremiah saying once that it is definitely okay to expect a miracle. It's not okay to schedule a miracle. Well, the guest that we have on the show today, there's no way he could have scheduled what happened to one of his deputies. But as we're recording this and getting it out this weekend, just a little over two weeks ago here in the upstate of South Carolina in Oconee County, where I go to church, a sheriff's deputy by the name of Lucas Watts was on a routine traffic stop. The person that he stopped was uncooperative and after a long time took off and tried to get away from Deputy Watts. The chase ensued with multiple Sheriff's Department units, ended up on a gravel road in an area that was really isolated, and all of a sudden, the guy jumped out of the car and started firing, and he ended up shooting Lucas Watts in the head, and the bullet penetrated his brain. What has happened since then can only be described as a miracle. Mike Crenshaw is the sheriff of Oconee County. He was gracious enough to spend some time with me earlier this week and take me through everything that took place then up to the moment when we recorded the interview back on Monday. And then afterwards, I've got the latest up-to-date information on Lucas Watts that I can give you as I put this show together on Wednesday of this week. But... We started the conversation 
with Sheriff Crenshaw giving us the update. And then again, this was this past Monday on the condition of his deputy, Lucas Watts. Lucas has continued to improve a little bit each day. The uh, family is, is posting updates on Curing Bridge. So they have a, 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 a listing on there for Lucas Watts. Anyone interested can follow that. But the, the latest update, uh, they took the uh, the ventilator, the tubes and all out of his mouth, and uh, the, they, they put in a, a, a trach uh, for continued oxygen. But uh, I saw him yesterday, and he was breathing on his own without any assistance uh, from the uh, the oxygen that they had to him. So, uh, you know, again, another good step. Uh, he continues to respond to the doctors and the nurses, but not speaking, but, but verbal commands of them uh, talking with him to, to squeeze, squeeze their finger, move his arm, move, it, move his leg. So, uh, you know, the doctors have told the family, and so we all understand uh, their words. This is a marathon and not a sprint. So it, uh, you know, the, the, the prayer is that he continues to, to slowly improve each day. Uh, the doctors uh, have said he just needs rest for his body to heal. And um, so that they lower, actually lowered his sedation some yesterday. Um, so, uh, again, all good steps that he's moving toward in the right direction. Uh, we just uh, ask folks to continue to pray for Lucas, that he continues to recover, and that God continues to perform this miracle in his life. And we've already seen a miracle in, in various stages of this, and, and we're going to get into to that and, and what you shared at your church a little over a week ago and how powerful that was. But we're talking about a young man who took a bullet to the brain. So just the fact that he is able to respond to commands right now 11 days later if, if that is not something that falls into the category of the miraculous i don't think anything does you're exactly right you know i've then i've been doing this 37 years in law enforcement i've been sheriff for 11 but you know i've worked a lot of cases in my career gunshot wounds to the head and some were grazing wounds you know some I've seen bullets actually go through and hit the skull and then run around the skull and come out, you know, not penetrate the skull. But um, most wounds, 99.9% of wounds that, that penetrate the skull and enter the brain are not survivable. The, the next question I asked you before we started recording was because obviously all of the, the attention or the vast majority of it needs to be on Lucas and his family and, and how they're doing. But he's your family too. And he's the family of every person on your staff and, and really the family of anybody who's in law enforcement, not only in this state, but around the country. How are you guys doing? Well, that's, I appreciate you asking that. You're right. You know, uh, Lucas is a, a part of our family. I mean, we're, we're a large agency, uh, overall counting our, our detention staff and our dispatchers. Uh, we've got over 200 employees, but uh, we're still small enough that, that we're a close-knit family. We know each other. Um, you, you know, I know I know all of Lucas's family on both sides. I know them personally. So, uh, but our folks uh, have responded well. You know, we, uh, we're certainly embracing them and providing some, some follow-up. Uh, for our folks, especially those that were on the scene. 
but uh, I appreciate you asking. But everybody is uh, is is adjusting well. We're holding on to right now to the hope that Lucas is alive eleven days later and uh, and continues to, to make progress. And it's fortunate that you have this program. Unfortunate that you need it. But you were telling me earlier that there's a program called uh, SC Leap South Carolina South Carolina Law Enforcement Assistance Program that is set up in large part just for situations like this where they can actually come in and, and provide assistance, especially for folks in your department who were right there on the scene and, and had to witness that trauma. It, it is. It's a, it's a great program. Uh, you know, for any police officer, any fireman for that matter, uh, that goes through a critical incident in South Carolina, uh, there's a, a team of, uh, of peers that, that comes from across the state uh, last week, we did a uh, what's called a critical incident briefing where we brought every employee in and we gave them the, the facts of what we know um, up to the present time of what happened so that everybody understands exactly what happened. And then we had some mental health folks there to, to let everyone know, uh, you know some of the th- thoughts you're having, feelings you're having is a, is a normal reaction to, a, to an abnormal event. And, uh, you know, so this week we've actually got scheduled uh, a, a more in-depth for those that were on the scene, those that were involved, uh, those dispatchers that were on the phone uh, at the time this happened. We'll do a, a more a more uh, detailed uh, breakout rooms with, with those folks. And uh, we'll have the counselors and, and the peers on, on hand to talk to them uh, just, to, just to reassure you, really. You know, the, the, hey, the thoughts I'm having right now is not unusual. Right. Uh, that provides a, uh, a big support, and we'll continue with that this week. You know, what's interesting about this particular situation with Lucas and, and, and really any time we unfortunately see something like this is we have become so much of a secular culture now, and we hear about the separation of church and state and the misappropriation, in my opinion, of, of that part of the U.S. Constitution, but the things that that law enforcement or cities or whatever municipalities can't do and, and can do and all of the different aspects of it, and yet every time something like this happens, that goes out the window. And and the the people of God seem to be the ones who step to the forefront, and, and it, it becomes a lesson, I think, for all of us. It's unfortunate that it has to be a lesson taught in a situation like this, but it, it's great to see someone like, like you, Mike, praying on national television, because what you did went national, and... and and just kind of setting an example for how we are supposed to handle things like this. Well, you know, I've always respected the, the, the constitutions. I respect separation of church and state. I'm mindful of that, but, uh, you know, police officers are human beings, just like, just like everybody else in society. And, uh, and I, I don't, I, I've never shied away from my faith. And, and uh, certainly I couldn't do my job about God and about prayer and daily guidance. So um, I, I don't see where that's a, a big issue with, for me, uh, for, for us. But you're right, folks, uh, you know, in, in tragic situations, uh, 
it never fails. You know, we, we see folks that turn into God and, and uh, their faith. And so that's that, that to me, I don't see any issue with that. Visiting with Oconee County Sheriff Mike Crenshaw, whose deputy Lucas Watts uh, was shot in the line of duty. By the time this airs, it'll be a little more than than two weeks ago. And thank the Lord, uh, he continues to progress in the right direction every single day. All right, so let, let's go back to let's go back to the day. Where were you? What were you doing when when the call came in? It was uh, Thursday uh, a week ago, and uh, before week before Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, my day started. Uh, I, you'll always remember. You know, anytime a, a tragic event, there's images that that you get in your mind that you'll never be able to get rid of. And, and I've got some of those images, but my day started with a dare graduation, uh, fifth grade students graduating the dare program. You know, they were happy. We were happy. Uh, went to a, a lunch meeting, uh, where, uh, Christ central ministries, um, another faith-based group, but, yeah. but, uh, starting a program for women for addiction in Oconee County. We've got a program for men. So we, I went to that, but at two nineteen PM, uh, call comes across our radio, shots fired, officer down. Mm. Two seconds later, Kilo 6 down. And Kilo 6 was the call number for Lucas. That was his call number on our radio. He was Kilo 6. So, uh, Dan, it's as sheriff, you know, that thought has always been in the back of my mind uh, from the day one that I got elected until now 11 years later but uh, until it happens you know you, you're i can't say you're ever prepared for it but uh that that's certainly something that uh that i'll always have in my mind of hearing that on the radio so we obviously everybody starts heading that way we've got officers on the scene um you know kind of kind of give you an overview of what led us up to that point this was a, a traffic stop of a uh of a traffic violation. And I, at this point, I can't get into to the details of the, of the case itself. That's being handled by the Greenville County Sheriff's Office. But the uh, it, it, was, it was a traffic stop. And the subject uh, decided to flee after after uh, being on this traffic stop for, for quite some time. Uh, officers were trying to talk with him and he would not cooperate. Anyway, he flees, and they go into a uh, it's a residential subdivision, turn on a gravel road, and uh, so you can imagine the gravel dust was flying, and uh, very steep incline decline, and it's a very steep incline. And the subject stops stops his truck, gets out, and fires through uh, our patrol vehicle windshield. One of those bullets. Uh, strikes Lucas in the head. Uh, there was a deputy behind Lucas, and uh, we we learned through this investigation uh, that that he also fired through that windshield as well, barely missing mm. the, the second deputy that was uh, that was behind Lucas. So suspect flees from from the from that scene, and our deputies, uh, in, in hindsight, I didn't think about this then, but in hindsight, that's when God went to work in my mind uh, because our deputies instead of taking off and pursuing the, the suspect you know they they stayed right there with lucas and they knew it was going to take ems probably 
30 to 45 additional minutes to get to get down in there. The, the ambulance could have not got on this gravel road. So they would have had to, you know, push the gurney in there, probably push it back out. So anyway, they load him in the back seat of our uh, one of our patrol uh, trucks, and they go to a, a local fire department uh, up the road to, to meet the ambulance. Lucas never moves from the time he's shot until now. You know, there's no movement. Uh, later on, uh, when I get to the scene, uh, well, let me back up. Uh, you know, I'm I'm on the way to the scene. And Sheriff Lewis in Greenville County calls me and tells me that, you know, he said, I'm at the ER, I heard the call, and, and I'll be here when, when your deputy gets here. So I'm certainly thankful to him for that. We had sent some deputies as well. We were trying to get in touch with his wife and his family and make sure that, that they were notified and got, you know, get them to the hospital. But uh, I get to the scene. Uh, and our guys are, of course, upset. And, and I, I remember this. They tell me, Sheriff, we, we loaded the dead, a dead man in the back of the truck. Said he, he wasn't moving. So not long after being on the scene, uh, Sheriff Lewis calls me again, and he said that he had talked to the, to the staff there, and they said that Lucas, uh, the wound to his head was not survivable, you know, that, that he wasn't going to make it. He still hadn't moved any. They were watching for movement as well. So... Uh, we had to make some operation. My plan at that point was going to the hospital, but, but we had that there was some issues with SLED working it because of a, a family member working for SLED that was connected to, to this case. So uh, we, we decided that Rainville County would work the case. And, and it wasn't long after that, one of my lieutenants that was at the hospital calls me on my cell phone and he said, Sheriff, they came out and said they need you at the hospital. And uh, in my mind, I thought that was a little odd because I thought, well, I can't make no medical decisions. You know, his wife's there. But but I said, okay, I'll, I'll be I'll be headed that way. So I uh, I left. Uh, you know, it had taken EMS about forty six minutes to, to get him to Greenville, and uh, so I I leave and go to Greenville, and, and I run code, you know, with my lights and, and siren. But I'm thinking. I don't know, another 40 minutes or so, 45 minutes probably for me to get there. Mm-hmm. A couple hours now uh, into this. And as soon as I get there, you know, my folks uh, that were outside were, were visually upset, crying. Uh, they had been told that he had passed. Don't know don't know how that got out. Uh, or, or, but anyway, it, that's what they were led to believe. And... Uh, you know, I go on in, uh, of course, they, they tell me that, that Haley, his wife, they have not told her yet. Uh, but when I go in, nobody, nobody asked for me, you know, tell somebody that, you know, Sheriff Crenshaw from Oak County and, and I'm here and they just take, we're going back to where Haley's at. And, uh, I, I've told her since then, but her faith was so strong that day. Uh, you know, she, she's just sitting there rocking on, on the bed. I remember seeing that, and uh, she said, I just need to see him. He's going to be okay. I just need to see him. So they make arrangements for her to go in and, and, and see him. Uh, I didn't personally witness this, Dan, but the family has shared it with us. Uh, they said as soon as Haley touched his chest, 
he started moving. And, and you know, we're, we're probably two and a half hours in at this point that he, there's been no movement by him, from him. And uh, so he starts starts to move when she touches him. And the surgeon is in there, and I think he immediately sees this and rushes, gets him to rush him into surgery. And uh, so so then we're told, you know, he's rushed it, had been rushed into surgery. Uh, and it's a very risky surgery that they're, they're going to try and do. Uh, talk about my, my faith a little bit at that point. You know, I'm still, I'm still in the secular mode, uh, based on what I've been told. And that, uh, so, you know, I, I call my corner, uh, here in Oconee County and say, you know, it looks, we haven't yet been declared dead yet. But uh, they, they tell us he's not going to make it. And uh, so, you know, obviously we, we want to we escort him back, uh, his body back to Oconee. So I'm just, just coordinating that with, with, with the coroner of Oconee County. But uh, I don't know how long the surgery was. But, but anyway, we're told Lucas makes it through the surgery. Uh, and they said his, his vitals were good. You know, that he was very critical, but he was, was stable. So I finally get to a point that I can call my wife and uh, just talk to her a little bit. I wanted, you know, I wanted to hear my pastor's voice, too, so I wanted to call him. But uh, when I talk to my wife, she says social media has really, really blown up. There's many, many people that's praying for lupus. Uh, and uh, so I called the preacher, and we have a what we call an all call where we put out a, a prayer request. They can call everybody on the telephone and talk to him about that, about putting out a, a prayer, an all call for, for Lucas. And, uh, you know, he makes it through the night. He continues to remain stable, but, but still very critical. Uh, Friday, uh, during the day Friday, the nurses, the doctors go in and uh, start talking to him. Of course, he can't talk back because he's got the tube ventilator down his, down his mouth. But uh, they ask him to squeeze their finger. He does. Uh, they talk with him, Lucas, move your, move your arm, move your leg. He's able to respond to them and do that. So it just, just a miracle. You know, God's at work. Uh, and, and so we just keep praying. Uh, Friday night, uh, you know, it was late. Me and my wife probably went to bed two o'clock or so. And uh, about 4.30, I'm, I'm, I wake up. I'm wide awake. So I get up, go in my living room, and, and uh, just sit there in my recliner. And I'm just reflecting, thinking back about you know, everything that's happened. And uh, I, I go into my daily prayer time. I pray every day. Uh, told folks, you know, it, it's, it, it's not a routine because depending on circumstances, my prayers change, but there are certain things that, that, that are in my daily prayers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I get to where I always pray every day for wisdom and guidance for, for the things I say, the things I do, decisions I make, as well as the, the men and women at the sheriff's office. And, uh, then I always pray for God's crown of protection over the men and women at the sheriff's office. And then I prayed for other things in my life. 
God has led me, you know, to in certain directions before. Uh, God has certainly answered prayers in my life. There's there's prayers that, that have not been answered yes, but you know, maybe it was no or, or wait a while. But uh, I didn't see God at this point, but it's never been more vivid. I've never had a more vivid experience in my life than I had that Saturday morning when, when I hear God say to me, I'm the one that called you to the hospital. <laughs> you know, I, I told this story. I, I still get a little a little emotional here when, when I say it myself. But, but uh, I'm the one that called you to the hospital. Uh, your faith is, is not where it should be. And I wanted you to see, be a witness to what I was about to do. And, and emotion just overcame me at that point by myself. Uh, because that answered my question. I had forgotten all about my lieutenant calling me and telling me they came out and said, Sheriff, you need you needed at the hospital. I, I didn't think more about that after I got to the hospital because I'm concentrating on Haley and, and that thought never entered my mind again until that Saturday morning, five, five thirty, uh, when when God clearly tells me that. So uh, you, you know, at that point of course, God, you know, go, go and tell others, uh, share this with others, go to your church. It's Saturday morning. So, so I knew Sunday morning, somehow, some way I had to get up to my church and I just be quite honest with you. It wasn't, it wasn't voluntarily, uh, it, you know, and I've told folks since then, uh, again, to me, this is another God sign because if I had thought about, I knew we, we Facebook live our, our, our services every week. But if I had thought about that, I know me and I would have told him to turn Facebook off because I wouldn't, you know, didn't know if I could get through it for one and surely didn't want folks seeing me get upset. But I didn't think about it. Yes, that was another God thing there. But, uh, but, but I knew I had to get up Sunday morning and, you know, God was with me and, and I made it through, you know, so. But, but what uh, a, ble- what a blessing it turned out to be, Mike, for, for everybody, and, and as I said, because the, the news picked it up, <clears throat> that part of the story went national. Just just like the the unfortunate shooting of, of Lucas went national. So again, it, with the the uh, advantage of hindsight and being able to to look at at things from that thirty thousand foot view, looking back, you can see God weaving His hand through every fabric of this even in what you were doing. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, since then, uh, I'm shaking a little bit. I plugged my phone up here. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, all, but, all, all people are going to hear is the audio. They're not going to see you. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, after after Sunday, uh, Monday morning, you know, I talked with my lieutenant, John Crumb, that, that was there. And, and, of course, I'm curious. I said, John, what did, what did this person, was it a man or a woman that came out and told you I needed to come to the hospital? And, and, and again, you know, we as police officers are trained, you know, we can, when we see somebody to, to identify them, you know, height, weight, tattoos, descriptors. John says, I can't tell you. Uh, he said, I don't know if it was a man or a woman. I don't know who it was. I've got no recollection of who it was that told me to call you. 
so uh, again, just reassurance for me, you know, uh, in my faith that this was this was God for whatever reason. Why me? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm a I'm a man of faith. Uh, I certainly need to be stronger in my faith. I need to read my Bible more than I read my Bible. But uh, for, for whatever reason, God, God had me there. And, and uh, you know, Saturday, he, he continues the, the, about the same. Uh, and again, just a little bit of progress each day. And then up until last night when I saw him and, and he looked he looked so much better uh, and breathing on his own at this point. Well, I like what you said toward the end of your your talk at, at your church on, on the Sunday after it happened, when you were talking about God challenging your faith and having you at the hospital to see what he was going to do. And what you said basically was you saw a dead man come back to life. I, I did. I feel like in my heart, you know, two and a half hours at least had passed until he got shot in the head until his wife touched him, which, you know, now I'm thinking it, God touched him through mm-hmm. Haley's hand, but he had not moved. Uh, and that's one thing that they were watching and looking for. And uh, so, so, yeah, I, I truly believe in my heart that, uh, that we saw a dead man come back to life. Now, you know, for the naysayers, and, and, and I've talked with uh, Jared Bruder, who's our executive director at the South Carolina Sheriff's Association. I've talked with him. We were, we've talked several times. But I said, Jared, there'll probably be some people that say, well, he was never declared legally dead. And, and I loved his response. He said, neither was Lazarus. Nice. So, uh, that, uh, again, I, I, I appreciated him sharing that with me. That reassured me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's fantastic. We're visiting with Mike Crenshaw, Sheriff of Oconee County. I'm I'm not going to keep you much longer, but just a, a couple of a couple of more things here. Um, back at the beginning uh, of of our show, uh, when we started this process back in in January, just two or three weeks in, I had Sheriff Chuck Wright on from Spartanburg County, who uh, also is very public about his faith, and one of the things that he talked about was something that you mentioned, praying every day for the safety of, of his officers as they go out, because you know that you're always facing the unknown and never know when something like a routine traffic stop, like this was with Lucas Watts, can turn into to something tragic. Uh, you, you said earlier, I can't remember if it was on the air or off, but you told me that this was the first time this has happened in the history of the Oconee County Sheriff's Office. Your training as a police officer, I'm assuming, prepares you for this as well as it can. But until you go through it, does the training even come close to getting you really prepared for something like this? It, it doesn't. You know, it, uh, it, it does to a certain extent. I mean, you train and you train and, and you get what we call in, in our profession muscle memory, mm-hmm. you know, that you just, it, it comes naturally to you when you get in that, that stressful situation. But, uh, but you're right. You can't never fully prepare. Dan, I worked for 25 years here at the sheriff's office as a, as an investigator and as a deputy before I became sheriff. Uh, but until I step from the, the other side of that desk to this side of the desk, mm-hmm. you, you don't 
fully comprehend everything that that uh, that a sheriff does or the job of a sheriff and, and the same in a, in a tragic situation like this. So, you know, training kicks in uh, and, and those officers are uh, very, very proud of them and their response to this. Mm-hmm. You know, evil reared its head in Oconee County on that Thursday afternoon. But, uh, you know, our deputies uh, continued on, other deputies, and they stopped stopped that evil. And, uh, and again, training played, played a big role in that. But being fully prepared, no, you're not until you go through it. You know, the other side of this, Mike, that nobody really talks about is you also have a suspect that you have arrested. And... Humanly, I would imagine whether it's you or whether it's some of your deputies or all of you would have liked to have gotten the guy in the back room and and and, and beat the mortal crap out of him. But you have to go about your job professionally and and do the things that the law requires you to do and 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 that the law offers a suspect in a situation like this. How difficult is that part of the job? Because I've not heard that addressed in anything that I've seen so far. Well, you know, immediately, of course, our officers uh, did injure him, did shoot him. But, uh, you know, I've reviewed and seen our our body cam video from that as part of our internal review. They immediately started rendering first aid to him. Uh, You know, as soon as he was down, immediately started rendering first aid. And, uh, you know, we we believe if we're going to do our job and we believe in a system of justice, then we want him to, to have his day in court. Uh, I think I said on the scene over there to the media, you know, we need to, to pray for his, for his family, remember mm-hmm. his family in prayer. He's got family too. And uh, so uh, he, the update on him, uh, he, he does appear that he's going to recover from his, from his injuries. And at some point, you know, he will be arraigned and charged and, and uh, we'll have his, his day in court. That's provided him under our Constitution. You just have to have not only incredible professionalism, but I would imagine incredible restraint in a in a situation like that. And and like I said, that's something that often doesn't get talked about in situations like this. Final thing for you, Mike. Everything has been said and done, and we know again it's still a long, long road for Deputy Lucas Watts. But thankfully, everything is trending in the right direction. If there's an overarching message that you want people to get out of this entire situation, what would it be? Don't ever doubt God, for one. Uh, don't don't be like me and, and get in the secular sometimes. You know, and in hindsight, I should have been praying like everybody else was praying for Lucas, but I wouldn't. I was I was focused on task and 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 what what needed to be done. And, and I know part of that's my role as sheriff. I'm supposed to be doing that and, and leading our people, but uh, don't underestimate God. Uh, if you're not a praying person, uh, like I told my church, today's a new day. Uh, today is a, is a day that you can start. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing, nothing wrong. You can't change the past, but you can change the future. Uh, sure. And that's something we try to do every day. I spoke at another church yesterday, Dan, and there was an individual young man came up to me after it was over with. And uh, he said that uh, Lucas had arrested me, arrested him. And uh, he said, you know, but he came back by, he stopped by the house and 
and tell me I needed to get my act together and, and, and talk to me. And he said, I just want you to know that uh, I'm in church now. And he said, I made a donation to, to Lucas's fund. And uh, uh, again, so there's Lucas that made a difference, planted a seed in somebody's life. And, and now he, he's on the path to, to where he should be. So, uh, and, and I guess the final thing, you know, Lucas, the doctors have told us this is a marathon. So he's still got a long, long road ahead of him to recovery. So I just ask our, your listeners to, to, to keep praying for Lucas. Uh, you know, Lucas Strong, I've seen some hashtags uh, for that. And uh, But uh, just keep praying for Lucas. That Dan, I've got to believe in my heart now. What God started, God will finish. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so I'm, I've, my faith is certainly stronger. I'll never be the same as a result of this. My my faith is forever changed. Uh certainly stronger than it's ever been. And uh I, I'm I'm more mindful of when God presents opportunities before me that I not overlook them, that I'm that I take advantage of that when those opportunities are presented. Mike, we've got listeners all over the country and all over the world, thanks to the internet. If people want to make a contribution to the fund that's set up for Lucas and his family for their medical expenses and everything else they're they're facing. How do they do that? Uh, go to Serve and Connect uh, website. You can Google it. Uh, it. It'll come up. Serve and Connect in, in Columbia, South Carolina. It's a nonprofit. Uh, it was set up uh, by the wife of a uh, law enforcement officer that was killed in the line of duty, and, and she set up this nonprofit. 100% of the funds uh, goes to to uh, whatever they're raising money for. So 100% of, of the funds raised here will go to Lucas. If for some reason we've had folks that say, you know, I don't, I don't uh, do business on the internet. I don't have a credit card. Uh, they can call us here at the sheriff's office at 864-638-4117. And if they want to write, write a check, to Haley Watts, H-A-L-E-Y. Uh, we'll be glad I've, I've done that. I've taken some checks over to her in the last couple of weeks uh, for, for them. Uh, you know, they got a seven-week-old son, eight-week-old eight son now, I guess. But, uh, you know, we uh, don't know. I, you know, the doctors early on said if he recovers from this, it could be like a stroke and he'd have a long road to recovery, some therapy and some things that, you know, he'd have to go through. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, if folks want to donate, uh, financially they can, but the biggest thing I'm asking for, Hey, just keep praying, keep praying for Lucas. Uh, don't stop now. I can assure you that all of the people who have been praying for Lucas already through this, they are not going to stop. So thank you, Mike Crenshaw for your time and being willing to, to share this this experience with us and, and for your vulnerability. Um, and we just continue to pray for Lucas and his family. Uh, I texted Mike on Wednesday morning, the day that I put the show together and send out to our affiliates for the, the latest update that I could get the most timely update that I could get. And this is what Sheriff Crenshaw sent back to me. He said, they are moving him Lucas from the most critical unit to another neurological unit. The doctor said at the beginning that Lucas was the most critical patient in the hospital, 
but that is no longer the case. In my mind, Sheriff Crenshaw said this is the first step toward the front door. So that is the latest update we have. Uh, Again, putting the show together on Wednesday and sending out to the affiliate. Just continue to pray for Lucas Watts and his family and his co-workers at the Oconee County Sheriff's Office. Let's take a break. We'll come back and get into wrap-up mode right after this. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways through this radio show and its accompanying online digital and video components through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org and through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help with this program and keep it on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. And above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you, and God bless. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is grandslamministries.org. Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Back to close out the show on this 48th edition. Our thanks again to Oconee County Sheriff Mike Crenshaw for his uh, willingness to come on and and talk with us and and bear his soul and make himself vulnerable uh, about his feelings, about his faith, and uh, just continue to pray for Deputy Lucas Watts and what's already been a miracle in his life that God will continue to guide his recovery to take care of his family in this situation. And Sheriff Crenshaw mentioned the ways that you can help If you have any questions, you can just contact the Oconee County Sheriff's Office and they can point you in the right direction. 
And I don't want to belabor the point too much, but I do feel somewhat duty-bound to say that in, in this country, and, and I want to couch it that way because, as I'm finding out, we have a tremendous international listening audience. In fact, some numbers I got from my buddy Paul at Paisley uh, Radio in, in Scotland kind of blew me away last month. Can't tell you how much I appreciate all of you folks. So I want to make sure I couch it in terms of, of the United States. Um, there's a lot of negativity around law enforcement in this country. And uh, oftentimes that negativity is is painted by the media in, in racial terms. Now, sometimes it's 100% justified. Other times, I don't believe it is. And, and that's just the nature of the age and the culture that we live in. But we seem to have those kind of vibes here in the United States. And unfortunately, what is the truth, in my opinion, okay, is that the vast majority of law enforcement officers in this country are trying to do the job the right way. And they're not doing it with any racial or economic or cultural biases. That's the way the media paints some of these things when it happens. But what you find out, and going back to the early days of this show, back in the first part of this year when I had another local sheriff on, Chuck Wright, and and now this conversation with Mike Crenshaw, is that by and large these are, are, are young men who are out there trying to do their best to do the job that they're sworn to do and protect the communities that they're serving. And every time they walk out the door something like what happened to Lucas Watts is a very real possibility. It's it's hard for me to fathom, quite honestly, that this is the first officer-involved casualty, shooting casualty, in the history of the Oconee County Sheriff's Office. And it came on a routine traffic stop. So I, I would just ask you, wherever you're listening to this, to not be unduly swayed by some of the things that we see in the media and and when these cases pop up judge them on their individual merits and individual facts and i remember talking with with sheriff chuck wright about uh, an officer involved ish, uh, incident that that happened shortly before we did the interview where the officer was 100% at fault and you know, it wasn't his officer, but he was commenting on something that happened nationally, and, and he owned it. Just judge these things on their individual merits is all I'm asking, and continue to pray for the family of, of Lucas Watts. The other thing that I want to bring up in our final couple of minutes is that coming off of Giving Tuesday, uh, we had some modest support come to the program. But I'm asking you to prayerfully consider helping out Grand Slam Ministries, our 501c3, and in the process helping the spread of this radio show by making a a one-time or a monthly gift. I've mentioned this before, that if we can get 200 people giving $25 a month and 200 people giving $10 a month, that would take us to a level where we could do everything that we wanted to do 
as far as continuing to spread the radio show and fund our core missions for Grand Slam Ministries, which is mentorship and helping children. But the other aspect that is much more immediate is I want to be able to identify in our area two or three families who, without some serious help, are not going to have a Merry Christmas coming up in the next handful of weeks and do what we can to change that. Back on my old radio show uh, in, in my Clemson days, that's something we did every year and, and, and to excess, as a matter of fact, looking back on it. But there are families out there who, who have real struggles, and we want to be able to make a difference in the lives of of uh, at least two or three of those families. So, and, and look, I know there are a lot of worthy causes out there and a lot of people who are doing things to help families at this time of year, and I get it. But just pray about it, think about it, and if God puts it on your heart, go to the website, danscottshow.org, and click the tab to support Grand Slam Ministries and make a gift to help us and allow us to make a serious difference in the lives of a handful of families this Christmas season. If online is not your thing, then you can always send a check to Grand Slam Ministries, P.O. Box 35, Central South Carolina, 29630, and uh, you've got plenty of time to get it in that way as well. Tax deductible, if you do it online, a tax receipt is generated automatically. And we will send you, for your donation, a really neat bookmark that has a thank you from us on one side and the 23rd Psalm on the other. Dan at danscottshow.org. Help us out with the donation, will you? We'll see you again next week. Until then, I'm Dan Scott. God bless you, and so long, everybody.